0: Um, look, I know the
1: supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does not AM 1420, WBSM presents Spooky South Coast with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa.
2: Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa. And we want to be your Valentines. Matt, do you have a special someone to celebrate Valentine's Day with besides me? I do. Okay, good. <laughs> that makes doesn't make me feel so bad about ditching you. Well, welcome to the program. Uh, we are going to talk about the paranormal as we do each and every Saturday night. And what a Saturday night we have planned for you this week. Because joining us is one of our, no, I'm sorry, let me take that back, not one of our, our all-time favorite Spooky South Coast contributor, Christopher Balzano, will be joining us tonight to talk about the very interesting topic of religion and the paranormal. How do they work together? How do they uh, go hand in hand? Or how do they conflict? Uh, There's a a few studies that have... um, Examine this topic, and Chris has uh, read them over, and I give him credit for that because you know not everybody can wade through a university study, but Chris has gone through two of them and kind of broken it down for us. So he's going to give us the Balzano breakdown on religion and the paranormal, and unlike the usual Balzano breakdowns where. You know, we kind of relegate them to the final 20 minutes of the show. We're opening up the show with a topic this night. We're going to go with it all night long. And if you want to call in during the course of the discussion, 508-996-0500, Matt, Can you read that one for me?
3: one
2: All right, so one eight seven seven nine nine six. 996 So basically it's 877 for toll free, 996, which is the usual exchange. Right. 996-1420, nine, nine, okay.
4: We should write them on that little
2: square above the microphone. That would work. That would be a good idea. I want to suggest that to uh, operations here uh, at WBSM. But, I mean, that's that. those are the numbers. five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred one eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. You can also email a spooky crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. We can get them right here in the Spooky Studio, and we can read them on the air. It's one of those nights where I think we're going to generate a little controversy. Uh, We're not trying to step on anybody's toes intentionally here. This is a discussion that needs to take place. It's something that needs to be brought up more, and I'm glad that Chris is willing to join us and do that. So let's bring him up right now. He is the author of such books as Picture Yourself Capturing Ghosts on Film, Picture Yourself Ghost Hunting, Dark Woods, uh, cult, crime, the paranormal in the Bridgewater, uh, in the Freetown State Forest. He is the one, the only, Christopher Balzano. How's it going? How's it going tonight, Chris? Excellent. How's
4: it going with you guys
2: tonight? Oh, spooktacular! And I'm stumbling over my words here because uh, normally when I talk, I look at Moniz because he's just <laughs> sitting here listening. But he's not here tonight. We're we're supposed to say he's out in the field, but he's at a paranormal-related party.
4: Uh we'll see. Usually when I'm looking at Moniz is when I stumble, just because he's so fascinating that I, I can think of nothing but Moniz.
2: Yeah, I, I, I look into his eyes and I'm like, oh, the constant reassurance of having the, the science advisor right next to me. But he's not here, so now it's like I'm kind of just winging it and I've only got Costa to bail me out and he's not paying attention.
4: No, he never does. He no, never he's, does. He's, I don't even—I don't even know if that guy would be able to recognize me in a crowd. And I've been in the studio like twelve times.
2: <laughs> when we pulled up into the parking lot, we're walking into the building. He's like, "So Balzano's coming in tonight, right?" <laughs> 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 right.
1: No,
4: I'm dealing with my own uh, forty-degree temperature down here in Florida, so I won't be—I uh, won't be stopping by the porn store or the <laughs> the yeah uh, spooky South Coast Studios tonight.
1: That.
2: That porn star is a proud sponsor of WBS (laughs) and Spooky South Coast. (laughs) Or at least Spooky South Coast. Well, at least, uh, you know, the guys who are on Spooky South Coast. But anyway, so this is a topic that you and I have discussed numerous times off the air. It's something that uh, we've always had a keen eye toward when discussing the paranormal. But it's something that isn't often brought to the airwaves, again, because of the controversy that generates. Uh, Automatically, when you say the word religion on the radio you're kind of opening up a can of worms even before you've said anything else.
4: Right. You're not supposed to talk about uh, religion and politics. And, uh, and you know, so many people want to avoid the religion question. Uh, many of your regular listeners are people who investigate themselves and people who uh, have experiences or quote-unquote, into the paranormal. And oftentimes those ideas clash. Uh, so they kind of temporarily put away their... Their religious beliefs, what they were brought up believing, even what they might be practicing themselves, because it doesn't uh, it doesn't jive with what they're experiencing or what they're kind of into or what they like, and the two might conflict. and And what these studies that you that you talked about at the beginning that we're going to get into a little bit, what they say is, you know, that's a growing trend in this country, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. But it's it's you know when you we we have become overwhelmed with the scientific aspect of uh, investigating. The paranormal, which which I've, I've I've taken maybe two or three steps away from in, in recent days, but one of the one of the things that tells us is that you know like re- religion it kind of conflicts with that. It really wants to leave the religious question out. But these are questions of what happens after we die. These are the questions that religion uh, oftentimes looks to answer, or at least kind of use as a, as a means of being a touchstone for people. What's going to happen, and more importantly, how to live righteously now so that you know you don't go to someplace bad when you die. So it's Really, for, for me, I, I think you can't address what is out there um, without looking at questions of religion.
2: Well, I look at it like this. When you look at the scope of paranormal investigation, now I'm not talking about experience with the supernatural, experience with the paranormal, because that goes back as long as there's been life on Earth. But when you talk about the idea of conducting investigation into the existence of the paranormal, um... And in the modern way of thinking of that, so we'll say, you know, Harry Price on. we'll say like, you know, the night, well, let's even go back to, to say, you know, spiritualism to now. Right. It's almost like you can kind of chart the course of, of the paranormal along with the course of human history. You know, you kind of have your dark ages early on, and then you kind of move into a period of the Enlightenment. Where now we're shunning aside, you know, the things that we believed in the dark ages, those crazy theories and the crazy beliefs and all that stuff, because now we're working from a point of view of science. And I think now we've kind of ended up almost in a period of the Renaissance where we're looking back and we're, in co- we're keeping that scientific in mind, but we're also appreciating the idea of incorporating the beliefs and incorporating the faith that uh, kind of has sterilized the scientific aspect of it.
4: Yeah, and, and probably the best example, you know, maybe the, the Michelangelo, if you will, of, the, uh, of this renaissance period you're talking about is, uh, is Mike Markowitz, uh, who's a frequenter of uh, Spooky South Coast, who is probably one of the tightest tech guys I know. I mean, this is a man who, you know, refines his craft in terms of capturing EVPs uh, through technology. And yet when he boils it down, when he really talks, which is one of the great fascinating things about Mike, um, he says, what I'm capturing is spiritual um, waves. I'm not capturing audio waves. I'm catching mm-hmm. spiritual waves. And so it's just it's that way you're talking about, that whole thing of, you know, we're now trying to marry um, these ideas we have about religion uh, with the technology that we're using to capture some of this evidence.
2: You know, and I just want to mention, too, you just mentioned the name of Mike Markowitz, and his book is out now. And if you don't know who Mike Markowitz is, just look up the past guest on SpookySouthCoast.com. He is – and I feel comfortable saying this because I pay enough attention to the field and what goes on. He is the uh, definitive forward thinker in EVP technology. So if if you, if you EVP is your thing, if that's what the way that you want to work as an investigator, you definitely have to be a student of Mike Markowitz. Uh, but, Chris, the, the idea, though, is – you're bringing something that is so personal to people and religion for the most part, as much as we like to shove our beliefs down other people's throats, it's internally, it's a, it's a personal thing and you're incorporating something that means something to you on uh, the most basic of levels. And you're trying to incorporate that into the idea of presenting evidence to other people and convince other people that it exists. So it's almost like a, a dichotomy there of, you know, the most personal thing but you're trying to uh, do the most public exposure with it.
4: Right, right. And, and the two things conflict because religion is based on faith, which is a belief in the absence of proof, and you're trying to present them with proof of something. And, you know, it, it's always a question you have to keep in the back of your mind. I think I've talked about this before on the show. But one of the, when I first started to uh investigate or at least kind of talk with people about their own personal experiences. So we're talking more than ten years ago now, you know, and it was more than just kinda going to a haunted location, but actually connecting with people who were having experiences was an old woman who called me from Chelsea, an older woman, I should say not an old woman, who in in all of these things that were going on with her and these experiences she was having, she the question the burning question for her was Is God punishing me? Did I do something wrong? Um and so it really gets at one of the kind of uh the one of the prongs that you have to think about as an investigator or just someone who who follows the paranormal you know there's there's a great drive behind many religious people and when they experience something paranormal they kind of put it through that filter and so you have to at least understand what religion has to say about ghosts um, to to be able to help those people along with that you also have to imagine that uh, if and now we're 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 talking kind of on this plane of of you know ghosts and not other things that might fall into the paranormal or supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know if a, a highly religious person dies, then that person is going to be religious even in the afterlife, even are confronted with you know what might be a mistake uh, or what they have perceived as wait a minute this is what it's supposed to be like. So they're going to interact with you on a spiritual level, or on, a, on a paranormal level, as someone who might be, you know, a, a hardcore Christian. And you need to understand that how they act might be based on how they think, you know, someone in their case, in, in their situation might be, which may be, you know, uh, this guilt or it might be pain, it might be suffering, not because they suffered in life, but because what they've become after their death is different than what their religion told them. So,
2: I mean, we've heard it from numerous people before where... Uh, we're almost accused of going against God for wanting to look into the idea of the paranormal and the idea of uh, some sort of proof of life after death. But it's I don't really see how that would be going against God if you know if everything falls under the umbrella of God's will, then obviously there's a reason why these spirits are able to come back and, and convey some sort of information to the living.
4: Well, and I think that a lot of that has to do with. You know, when you're dealing with religion in this country, and you just say, for example, you just want to take Christianity and all the branches of Christianity from the Catholic side and then the Protestant side,
1: you're dealing with so many
4: degrees. And this is what the Baylor, um, the the Baylor study that we're going to talk about got into is. uh, You know, they tracked uh, the actual belief system of the people who are answering the questions. But there are so many different uh, degrees of organized religion. And then if you take someone who believes in that religion and they have their own personal stuff to it, their own kind of interpretations of it, without really knowing, um, now you've added all these other levels. So it's really hard for people to, to say, hey, wait a minute, okay, I can see this is something valid, or, you know, absolutely not. You you know, I, I take it back to the school that I was teaching at last year, which was an Episcopalian school, the person who ran, like, the PTA or the PTO or whatever it was having to be called, that school. She came and she said to me, so I heard that you worship Saint." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you know, uh, not that I know of. And if so, then he's not doing anything for me right now because um, you I'm quite uncomfortable. Um, and she said, well, I heard you were talking about ghosts and stuff like that and blah, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, N- okay, that has nothing to do with Satanism whatsoever. It's about investigating ghosts and it's asking questions. I tried to explain to her because, you know, she was on the board that determined whether or not I was going to keep my job. Oddly enough, lost that job. Um and then, of course, the Thanks, funny thing—the funny thing about that—is if you, if you buy picture yourself, picture uh, yourself capturing ghosts on film. There's an entire section dedicated to a picture that she came up to me three weeks later and said, "Is this
0: a ghost in here?
4: I think I had a paranormal experience." So, even—even <laughs> even in her own little, like, small world, and oddly enough, she she, she asked the, the the priest of the church, you know, "Is this against what we believe?" Just because they wanted to know whether or not, you know, I was evil and, and corrupting the kids. And the priest would shrug and go, I don't know, I don't know what the Episcopalians think about it.
1: Huh.
0: This was the
4: priest. So imagine, like, now a follower trying to deal with all that stuff. You know, I, I have a paranormal experience, or even I just like to watch ghost hunters. Does that conflict? Am I am I going against what my religion believes? And what these the studies are finding is that, you know, in the 21st century, people are finding ways to incorporate into their life or... Um, they're allowing the religion to drop out temporarily while these things are going on. Not many of them are able to um, connect the two, although there are cases of that as well.
2: Well, I think that we're experiencing for the first time where uh, clergy and whatever religion it may be are suddenly confronted with this because now people are more t- more open when they talk about it. whereas for so many years before, if you had such an experience, you kind of kept it to yourself or you shared it with your family, but it wasn 't something that was open for public discussion. but now I-, I can remember when we came on the air you know four years ago saying, "We just want to make it so that you feel like you can call in and share an experience." We want you to be able to call in and share and get it off your chest. And in the four-year sense, not saying that it's it's our doing, but the way that the paranormal has become mainstream, in the four-year sense, it's no problem now where if I walk outside with a spooky South Coast hat on, somebody will ask me what it is, they'll want to know if it's a paranormal investigation team because they'll want me to come and check out their house. I mean, it's it's something that is being talked about everywhere. So why not talk about it in your house of worship too?
4: And here's, here's what, um, here's what at least the Baylor study is saying, is that that's actually not the truth. Um, really? that there's a huge difference between, you know, and, and they, the, the results of these, uh, these polls that they are out there. Remember, I don't know if you remember about six months ago, there was a huge one out of Britain. And, uh. And the headline, you know, in big, bold letters all over the all over the papers and, of course, all over the Internet and picked up by places like me at, at Ghost Village News was, um, uh, and this kind of fits in the last week's discussion, right? Ghosts more popular than God. Um, you know, Brits, uh, Brits believe, more Brits believe in ghosts than believe in God. Are ghosts replacing God? And, you know, a lot of these studies that come out that, Track people's belief in the paranormal, it's all about the questions that you ask. So if you ask someone, are you open-minded enough to believe that there's such thing as a ghost, most people will say, unless they're really hardcore either in religion or, you know, just in, you know, they like to think they're steeped in reality, are going to say no. But the majority of people are going to say, yeah, I believe in that. Okay, do you believe in God? Oh, well, you know, I don't, you know, that all of a sudden they're, what their religious background is and, you know all right, well, I'm an American, and I grew up a Catholic, we'll say, and I don't like the fact that priests molest kids, so it impacts my belief of God. Turn and I don't know how to answer the question. So, well, no, I don't, I, you know, I don't have a religion now. I, I'm confused. So what, what it gets printed as is that you believe in a ghost, but you don't believe in God, or you don't have a religion. But that doesn't mean that belief in ghosts, or at least having experiences, and more importantly, being actively, Looking out for ghosts, in other words, being active and going out in the field looking for ghosts, is any more acceptable now than it was five years ago, than it was ten years ago. It's still considered a fringe activity. It's still considered weird. Just because someone at a party, you say you're a paranormal investigator and they want to tell you your story, doesn't mean that they're willing to accept or, more importantly, do it themselves. So it's a little bit deceiving when you hear the headlines because it doesn't say, do you believe that? You know, a ghost is haunting you right now. Or do you believe that people should investigate ghosts? Or do you believe you can capture ghosts on film or or an audio recording? It says do you believe in ghosts. Are you open-minded enough to believe that there could be a ghost? And most people will say, "Yeah, I'm open-minded enough." It's you know, it's 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 a it's a new day and age. Uh, so it's a little bit. What they actually found with those same kind of results, with the same kind of research, is that people are you know pretty much. Uh, the same when it comes to whether or not people who look for ghosts are cuckoo. Um, and it's a little bit more accepted, but not as widely as we think in kind of our little circle. Um, when you're involved in the paranormal and you know people and you know a priest, uh, because you speak with the right people who is a paranormal investigator himself, you think that it's become much more mainstream. But what the research actually shows is that while people are more willing to accept ghosts, they're not willing to have paranormal investigators over for tea.
2: Well... We're talking about almost not exactly the same, uh, necessarily the same topic. I mean, the paranormal is becoming more mainstream, but like you said, investigating it is not. So the right. fact that you know it, it is up for for discussion and debate now, whereas before it was always a closed door thing. But I, I can tell you, I'm not a religious person myself. You know that, and when I'm conducting an investigation, I don't think religion has ever really entered my mind. In, in the course of the investigation, outside of, you know, perhaps using religi- uh, religious provocation to get something out of a spirit, but in terms of uh, – I mean, I've never really stood back and thought about, you know, my place in the universe and, and and my faith system based on the fact that somebody who is supposedly passed on can communicate with me. It has made me rethink what I believe about science, but uh, it's never really made me rethink what I believe about about faith. I think
4: one probably the biggest change that's happened in the maybe the past ten years from when I first started, um, you know, and that's really kind of going to back fifteen years. but in the past ten years has been kind of a, uh, a quickening of that. Is that um, people are more likely now to dial a paranormal investigator rather than call their priest. Um, I actually just got off the phone maybe ten minutes before you guys called with a man who called me from Sacramento. Who was looking for an investigation? He wanted me to come over. He didn't realize I wasn't in California. But what he said was this that, The other thing, I've been trying to get in contact with investigators. But um, I've already scheduled a priest to come over for an exorcism, or to like look into it. And I think more likely, people you know, if they had an experience, had their house blessed, or had a priest, or at least consulted their priest about it, whereas now they're consulting a local investigator. I think that's a huge difference.
2: Uh, Well, I have to say too, uh, I I believe the, the same gentleman. He left. Uh, he left a message at our at our business. Oh, really? Yes, and and he said that he was given, you know, our contact information. Uh, so I'm assuming he meant you. And the fact that somebody would just out of the blue call up a number that was given to them, um, whereas I, I don't know about you, but like when when you being somebody who grew up within a religious context, uh, I had nothing. I was scared to death when I had to call the church to to set up arrangements to marry my wife because she's Catholic, and to make arrangements to have my son baptized because he's Catholic. Right. You know, I, I don't know how to talk around a priest. I don't know how to act around a priest. Uh, but I would probably have no problem calling up uh, a couple of wacky guys who say that they chase after ghosts.
4: And and the funny thing is, is I grew up uh, in a pretty religious household, um, especially my grandparents. I spent a lot of time with both sets of grandparents, and they were extremely religious. My parents were. But more importantly, I grew up. For those people who are listening in the uh, New Hampshire area, I grew up um, very close with the, uh, uh, the, the I believe they're Benedictine monks from St. Anselm's College. Oh, yeah. now, these are people who you know routinely would beat me up. <laughs> I would be over for dinner, you know, and wrestle me to the ground. So, I mean, these were people who were like you know as as close as uncles to me. And I speak with them now about this kind of stuff, and they kind of have this you know. They, they push it aside. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, how about this science part of it? And they're like, you know what? Ghosts are, are ghosts, and we don't even really deal with that kind of thing. And so, you know, I was brought up to think of things more logically than spiritually, um, even though spirituality was a big part of my, my household. And yet still now, the people who are those religious people still look at me like I'm a kook. Um, and, and, you know, they... they applaud the fact that I'm going to do this stuff and, you know, oh, you're right, I wrote a book, that's good, it's all crazy, but it's really nice. Um, and, and the monks that I've, I've spoken to since then kind of feel the same way. They're intrigued by the stories, just as much as everyone else. They like the good ghost story, but they really keep it at an arm's length and say it has no place in spirituality.
2: Well, part of the problem, though, is that the line is really blurred in a lot of people's minds, uh, especially those outside of a particular religion. The line is blurred between the idea of the religious spirits, such as angels, and you know the, the idea of prophecy and uh, God sending messages through through others and through you know burning bushes and whatever else. Whereas, it's not that far of a jump in other people's minds to think that you know ghosts exist, aliens, vampires, any of this stuff. And you you mentioned the Baylor study before uh, from the Institute of uh, Institute for Studies in Religion. F. Carson Mencken and Christopher D. Bader are the name of the two sociologists that put it together, as referenced in your uh, excellent article on ghostvillage.com. But according to Mencken, Dr. Mencken says it's a small step between believing in angels to believing in ghosts or devils. These people are likely to have paranormal beliefs as well. So they're saying that you know, if you do believe in one, it kind of almost leads to the idea of believing in the other because you're putting that blind faith in the idea of what's in the Bible, so you almost have to put the blind faith into the idea of the ghosts as well.
1: Well,
4: I think the two important things is, one, that those lines get blurred for the people who experience them as well. So if you talk to someone, and, and, you know, we talk to uh, people who are experienced about paranormal, uh, and, and nowadays it's hard to talk to anyone who's not, who hasn't read a book or seen a TV show or seen a movie, at least, that they're influenced by. Um, they have a hard time distinguishing sometimes between what a ghost is and, like, let's say what a demon is. Um, And so those studies also show that, that a lot of people have that confusion. Um, But the other part of it is there's been a a replacement going on. I remember when I was in high school, I read this book, and it was all these stories of angels and all these interventions that angels had in people's lives and, and, um, you know, these great works and, and things. Uh, uh, one story that really stuck out in my mind. Strike, was
2: the fact, Chris, Chris, you didn't strike me as a chicken soup for the soul kind of guy.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a mystery sometimes. <laughs> so, but you know, a lot, I'm just a consumer of like you know stories against the odd and you know, sure. chicken soup for the soul, and you know, uh, um, I like to better myself. I, I like to, I like to, you know, think I'm ever evolving. Um, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, I remember one story being um, you know someone had gotten into a car accident and it was winter time and they had um, they had gone off the road and trying to prove that goes but rather that you know good things can happen to you or, or someone can teach, reach out from a spirit realm to help you um, or to hurt you, then that's enough for people. but I think there's definitely been like a replacement of those.
2: Right, Why well, don't we take a quick break and then when we come back, let's get more in depth into these studies and, and what they mean. Uh, and just the fact that they're even being conducted is interesting enough. So uh, we'll take a quick break and then we'll be right back with Chris Balzano. You can call in 508 996 0500 1 877 996 1420. You can also email us, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. We want to hear from you. What are your thoughts? Religion and the paranormal? How do they work? How do they conflict? We'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast.
3: books off shelves from 20 feet away and scared the socks off some poor librarian
1: turn on all your lights lock the doors and pull down the shades spooky south coast is back this looks extraordinarily bad
2: Oh, man, I forgot to wear my Ghostbusters hat tonight. I just got that new Ghostbusters hat, too. Oh, well, I'll wear it next week. I did I did I make that. sure that I wore sweatpants to the show today, which was is pretty sweet. The hat? Yeah. yeah, it is a good hat. Not so good wearing sweatpants. I'm, like, so anti-sweatpants, but I got this one pair my wife got for me, and I love them, and, like, I just refuse to take them off sometimes, which is probably good for you right now in the studio, but... Because at least I have something on. And uh, we, we we took a break there because we were having some technical issues. I would I do want to point out that last week's show uh, on the London Prophecy with Jonas Gota, uh, we do have that ready to be released. I just didn't want to release it uh, on the podcast feed and, and on iTunes until I addressed something on the air. Because uh, we had a little bit of an issue with the recording uh, here on our end. And our friend Craig Anderson, who runs the... Uh, spooky South Coast fan site where he puts up all the shows. And he also runs Our History Project. So check that out at ourhistoryproject.com. But we had a little bit of an issue when we had Craig's recording uh, that we used to post up the show. And he had a little spot where some of the audio was missing, which, you know, he's working over the Internet stream and sometimes things happen. Uh, so we did have a few missing minutes, which normally wouldn't be a big deal. And we would put the show out anyway. But we had a little bit of a uh, an issue with where the cut was. Because we did have a caller who called in last week and debated, uh, his go to stance on the idea of John Lennon making a deal with the devil, uh, the cut, the way that the show ended up being cut is we kind of jumped back in in the middle of that conversation, and I didn't want it to sound like we were making a cut to cut out exactly what it was that that caller was saying, because we certainly were not silencing anybody's opinion. So I just wanted to address that here on the program tonight before I release it so that when you do listen, you'll understand that uh, it was a technical issue and we're not uh, editing for content. We actually never edit for content unless it's like a mistake. Um, you know, if we like hit the wrong button or if uh, – you know, sometimes if uh, if I answer the phone and I press the wrong button and we get a, I might, you know –
3: yeah, generally, take that generally we uh embrace our mistakes yeah
2: i mean we're human and yeah. we, we want to present the show in the accurate way that it uh, was so i just wanted to like, get that out there so all right we are talking with chris balzano about the idea of religion and the paranormal chris we have a call on the line here if you'd like to take that oh sure all right good evening you are on spooky south coast with chris balzano how you doing hey good it's linda how are you hi linda i um, nice to
0: talk to you guys again.
2: Oh, it's always great to talk to you, and I'm guessing that you have uh, some pretty good opinions on the idea of religion and the paranormal.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely, but I have to agree with Chris, though. So, I mean, you got the burning bush. you got the voices telling Noah to build an ark. Okay, who spoke to them? They didn't see the body. So, you know, it wasn't a person standing in front of them. So where were these voices, these spirit voices coming from? So why can't we hear them and see them?
2: It's interesting, when you look back at history, there's a possibility that, I mean, the Bible tells us that God was the one speaking and speaking through these other devices, but if, nowadays, if somebody says that they talk to God, we tell we, we say that they're schizophrenic.
0: Yeah, they tell them they're crazy, but if you told them you spoke to a ghost, they oh, really? They'd be excited over it. It
2: is, a, it is definitely a fine line in modern times, that's for sure.
0: But I, I did read the article on uh, the ghost bill um that Chris wrote hello Chris hello how are you tonight hey good good I talked to you about three weeks ago uh on Anomalies radio
4: oh yes oh yes I definitely remember yes I actually admitted we kind of hijacked their show didn't we for a
0: while <laughs> oh yeah I kind of did I, I spoke to Dwayne later um uh, and I did admit to being friends with Tim on the air just so you know that Tim I did admit that we knew you
2: well somebody has to admit to being my friend <laughs>
0: But I definitely have to agree with you, Chris. Yeah, and I think and that the other thing you have to understand, or the
4: other thing you have to keep at least in the back of your mind, is that, you know, we're talking about um, maybe a predominant in our lives spectrum of spirituality when we're talking about Christianity, even Judeo-Christianity, and, and even, you know, kind of by extension, um, Islam. But that's kind of, in, maybe not in terms of people that we know, but in terms of across the world, there are many, many religions that embrace mysticism that embrace talking with spirits, that embrace, uh, I mean, spiritualism is probably our greatest one uh, that we know of, but we're talking about, um, you know, a lot of Eastern religions have to deal with uh, communication with the dead, or at least putting yourself in a state of mind where you're open to messages. Um, and these are the same kind of spiritual journeys that, you know, people take, uh, you know, in, in South America, in tribes in Africa, and they're they're trying to contact another realm or another plane, and it's a very normal thing. It's a, it's one of those things that you look to seek um, when you take something like a vision quest. You're not looking to necessarily uh, talk with the paranormal feel. like You're not thinking, okay, I'm going to talk to a dead person. But often, what the end result is very much mimics people who um, are psychic, for example, who can communicate with the other side. And so, you know, we have to keep in mind that while a lot of these studies and a lot of these um, things that we hear are reflections of conversations with Christians. Um, it's not necessarily, you know, the Baylor one, for example, is all Christians. Um, it's not necessarily true for every religion. Some embrace some form of paranormal communication, or at least paranormal seeking, uh, as part of their base base understanding of what religion is and what, what their spiritual God is.
0: Well, it's like the, some other religions. Um, you know, I mean, I was brought up Catholic. Um that's their hold. That's their power over the people. You know, it's the belief that you're taught when you're little. That, that's why Tim, uh, Tim is so afraid of, of, of talking to a priest, you see. <laughs> right. Well, I just,
2: I'm just i afraid to talk to them because I'm going to end up looking stupid because I don't know anything <laughs> about what they do. It's the same reason why I won't talk to a carpenter or talk to a plumber because, you know, I don't really know what it is that you do for a living and I don't understand it and I just know I'm going to look dumb so I just go in and <laughs> see you and let you tell me how things go and then you can charge me whatever you want for it.
4: <laughs> and in this case, the
3: charge is your soul.
4: Um, you know, it, it's funny that you say that, Linda, because the Baylor study looks at all looked at all these different aspects of things, and what they found were the two overwhelming attributes over whether or not, or the, the conditions, I should say, the elements, over whether or not someone could make the leap between belief in God and belief in the rituals of their religion, which were, like I said, all Christian religions, and embracing the paranormal. The two, the two things they found that were consistent were how strong the hierarchy of the religion was so if you took, say, for example, Christianity, or I should say Catholicism, which is all based on hierarchy, that kind of control through you know, multiple levels and, and cardinals and, and, and the Pope, um, that you were less likely to. And the other thing was, and this goes once again into that control and kind of um, we want to, we want to uh, tell you what to think. The other thing was the frequency with which people uh, went to the religious ceremonies. So, for example, if you were the kind of uh, uh, Christian who went during Christmas and Easter, and maybe once or twice a year, you know, you went to funerals for for your Christian friends, then you were eh, pretty much you could cross over. But if you were one of the people that your social structure was based on your religion, in other words, you were someone who went to all of the all of the masses, but then also all the picnics, and your, your kids were in the youth group, and all that you were less likely make that leap into believing in ghosts and definitely to, you know, uh, talking to a, a fortune teller or, a, or even in calling up a paranormal investigator so it really was the hierarchy of your religion and then the frequency with which you practice that religion actively like by going to mass or by attending a function of theirs
0: and religion puts um, a, a place of control and a fear in the people because I'll have somebody come to get a tarot reading for me and go well I'm not sure if I really should be here you know, I mean, I'm Catholic and everything, and I go, okay, <laughs> but you're here, so there has to be a right, reason, right. you know. Right. So there's that control. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I mean,
2: it? why can't it be God's will for you to know what's going to happen to help okay. you make a, a right right decision? I mean, don't they say God helps those that help themselves? Maybe going to see a a, a psychic and to kind of get an idea of the path you're supposed to follow is just mm-hmm. you looking for help, and and then you can get that help from God in return.
0: They just don't look at it as a spiritual point of view. They kind of look at it, you know, uh, fortune telling and no.
2: Oh, they look at it know. from the closed mind, old I, world. Yep. You know the fact that uh, a lot of what we do is considered pagan, and pagan is just naturally the enemy of the church. And I, and well, I
4: think it, you, you throw yeah, that you, word, and so I'll put a I'll put a, a root, or I should say a prefix on it. It's also important to remember that groups get, you know, a lot of religions get grouped together. And, you know, the overwhelming idea of how we view them is based on that. So, for example, if you take groups like neo-pagan groups, there are probably, you know, five times as many variations of neo-paganism as there are uh, forms of Christianity. And yet, we think oftentimes, well, if you're a witch, you automatically believe in ghosts, don't you? Just because so many of the people who we talk to um, who consider themselves Wicca or some form of neo-paganism, because they embrace that, and they also are are a paranormal investigator or have had experiences that they're more willing to talk about, we think all do. So it's important to remember that all groups, even the ones who we think are open-minded, are maybe not as open-minded as we think.
2: Well, also that, too, and Casper and Wendy were a great team. (sighs) They really were, weren't they? They were good friends.
4: Wasn't there a werewolf that joined them sometime or another in the later episodes? Oh, I don't know. Okay, maybe that's just the movies. I don't know. I get confused.
2: (laughs) Well, we're coming up on the break here. Chris, if you can stick around with us uh, coming up in the next hour, I want to break down the latest study uh, from the Pew Forum, and that has nothing to do with the Spooky Studio, but the Pew Forum (laughs) on Religion and Public Life from the Pew Research Center. uh, This came out in December of 2009, and I actually want to give some of these statistics out on the air because they're amazing. And the way that this study has broken it down, we can really get into the nuts and bolts of, of who believes and this stuff, and who believes that uh, they can have these types of experiences. So, we'll do that coming up in the next hour. Uh, Linda, thank you for joining us and, and for calling in. We always appreciate your opinions and your thoughts.
0: Well Chris Linda, it was be, great uh, talking to, to you again. Well, I, I can't wait to hopefully get to meet you this summer, spring. After all, I have all five of your books. I need you to sign them. I, hey,
4: anytime I see you, Linda, I'll leave in a new one. I might even just write a new one just for you so that you can have it signed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, there you go. Dedicated okay, right, to Linda. All right, thanks, guys. All right, thanks. thanks. Have a good
1: night. Thanks.
2: Good night. All right, so we are going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get right back into the topic. We'll save the week and weird for a little bit later on in the show, and we're going to break this down. We're going to tell you all the statistics, and uh, we'll discuss them as well. So give it some thought during the break, and then call us in, uh, call in on the second hour and share your thoughts with us. We'll also check in a little bit later on with Matt Moniz, who is out in the field, quotes, at the uh, the Believe It Tour's party down in Rhode Island tonight. So we'll talk to him later on as well. Stay tuned for more coming up after the news here on Spooky South Coast.
1: South Coast, volume two.
0: I'm not afraid. You. supernatural is something that isn't
1: supposed
2: to happen, but it does it. Good evening. Well, welcome back. Hour number two. See, I'm, I'm traveling back in time to the first hour. Hour number two of the program, Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Koss. I'm, I'm just a little bit off tonight, I think, with uh, sitting here in the seat instead of standing up in my usual spot. Because Matt Moniz is not here uh, with us in the Spooky studio. But we will talk to him coming up in a little bit. Uh, there's a few things going on around here, uh, paranormally speaking. Uh, and and one of the things is actually happening in our own town Uh, Monday night at the Wareham Historical Society, our friend Derek Bartlett from the Cape and Islands Paranormal Research Society, he will be coming to the ham uh, to talk about presidential paranormal lore uh, as part of the Wareham Historical Society's monthly presentation. Uh, What was the start time on that? 6 p.m., I believe, right?
3: Uh, It was either 6 or 7. 6 or 7? 7. Get there at 6.
2: Get there at 6 because the place is going to fill up. I mean, we've done paranormal talks there, and they draw crowds like they've never seen uh, whenever you talk about the paranormal there. So... Get there early, and uh, you may see myself and Matt Costa and Matt Moniz there as well. So I don't know if you're definitely going, but I'm I'm certainly going to try. Yeah. And uh, it'll be great to see Derek again; it's been a while. One other announcement too that we want to make: uh, Eric Lavoy, the founder of the nonprofit paranormal group Dartmouth Anomalies Research Team. You know Eric; he's been on the show a couple of times. Uh, he's always helping us out behind the scenes. Uh, he's you know he's not always not always uh, the kind of guy who wants to step behind the microphone and, and, and be out there in the spotlight, but he does a lot of work for us behind the scenes, and he runs some excellent investigations here in the local area. While he's looking for some assistance, uh, Eric and the DART team are looking for some help in the technical area of the team. They're looking for people that can assist and understand how to build and maintain the team's website. Uh, they're looking to make it extremely interactive with things like PowerPoint programs, YouTube videos, And uh, things like that, so that when you go there, there's a wealth of information. There's the case files of their investigations, all this kind of stuff that they want to be able to get up on their website. And Eric's pretty much juggling everything himself. Uh, he he does so much work uh, for that team. In addition to having a family and having a full-time job, as most paranormal investigators know, so uh, he's looking for anybody that can assist. And they'll also probably use that person for some help with investigations as well. So if you want to lend a hand to Dart, then just contact Eric. You can email him Eric Lavoy nineteen seventy at AOL dot com, and you can find his name, the correct spelling, anywhere on our archives from the shows that he's been on. But if you want to get it to him and you're not exactly sure, uh, just email me, Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com, and I will definitely make sure Eric gets it and he can get a hold of you. So if you want to help out Dart and help out Eric, uh, please just contact me or him and and we'll make it happen because you know, there's there's so many people that have these expertise that they can lend and somebody might not have the the desire to go out there and investigate, but they want to see the evidence and they want to help get the evidence out there. So Mm -hmm. there's a, a definite avenue for doing that. All right. Now, if you want to call in during the final hour of the program and talk about our topic tonight, Religion and the Paranormal, just give us a call, 508 996 500 996 1420 You can also email us, SpookyCrew, at com. and our guest, Chris Balzano, will field any calls. He says he's not afraid of people who want to tell him that he's going against God. He's not afraid of people who want to call him a Satanist. He's heard it all before. And so uh, just call in and share your thoughts as well. And one of the things I want to get into with Chris here in the second hour is more of this new study that comes out. We were talking about it uh, at the beginning of the – at the end of the first hour. It's from the Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life, the Pew Research Center. And the title of the the, uh, survey, the title of the paper that they put out is Eastern New Age Beliefs Widespread. Many Americans Mix Multiple Faiths. And – Basically, what they are doing is they're interviewing. Uh, they were interviewing people to find out what types of religious services they attend and what their beliefs are, and to see if there's some crossing of those. But they brought into it a lot of the the paranormal stuff. And Chris, I know, you know, having read what you wrote about the Baylor University Institute study, you know, you were kind of looking for more academic institutions to kind of incorporate the paranormal into some of their work. And so was it any surprise for you when you saw this Pew Forum's uh, uh, paperwork here, when you saw their paper that they put out?
4: No, I was immediately, like, drawn to it and wanted to uh, to contact those people, wanted to kind of do a follow-up on Ghost Village. Unfortunately, I found kind of an impenetrable, uh, you know, inner working. I haven't been able to get in contact with anyone to, uh, to talk to me about it because I'd like to follow up because it, I think it does come from an academic, but I think it comes from – uh, a religious academic, like a religious studies kind of perspective. And so it touches upon the paranormal, but almost as like a distraction uh, or almost as like a sociological thing to uh, to kind of uh, factor into uh, religion as opposed to marrying. Like, you know, can, can these two things deal with each other, and what is the effect of them, of people kind of mixing and matching them? But I really wanted to get into kind of like, well, what did you find? Did, did you know... Can the two things coexist? Does your organization believe that they can coexist? And uh, so I'm still, the jury's still out about, about, you know, where they fall in terms of that because uh, I'm just waiting for them to get back to me on some things.
2: Well, I'm going to throw out some numbers here, and and we'll go with some overall numbers, and then we'll really break it down in a few minutes. But according to to the Pew Forum study here, uh, supernatural experiences and beliefs. These are the percentage of people who have had these experiences, uh, and I'm going to give you the total – and the percentage of Christians, now they talked to 2,003 total people, and of that sample size, 1,589 of them were Christians. So the percentage of people who believe that they've been in touch with the dead, 29% on both counts. Uh, the percentage of people who had a ghostly experience, 18% total, 17% of the Christians that they spoke to. Uh, the percentage that believe in spiritual energy, 26% of the total, 23 of the Christians astrology, 25 and 23, reincarnation, 24 and 22, yoga as a spiritual practice, 23 and 21, and the evil eye, the idea of being able to cast a curse, 16% of the total people and 17% of the Christians. So, I mean, they're basically on par with everybody else here in, in, in their belief system. It, it, it seems like, at least from, from those numbers, that perhaps uh, you know, their religion isn't clouding their judgment more so than anybody else.
4: We have to keep in mind that a lot of these kind of what we consider fringe ideas, uh, come from, I mean, I'm just kind of taking like a a roundabout kind of thing with like a, you know, a generalization, but they come from, uh, rural, um, tight-knit family superstitions that oftentimes supersede, uh, religion. You know, and you got to keep in mind in in the, in the, the, you know, the story of Christianity is really the story of Overcoming and overtaking and controlling a lot of different religions, and then kind of allowing the ceremonies to kind of mix and match. So you, you know, we have jack o' lanterns at Halloween uh, during you know a pagan time, and and we have Christmas trees. And one of the things that I found in my research was that those things um, oftentimes fill in the holes of religion. Uh, you know, we were talking about fortune telling. The Bible specifically talks, for example, about fortune telling and. And why it's bad, and says that it's bad, and says not to do it. Some of these other things, like whether or not there are voices of the dead that can be heard, aren't directly addressed by religious books often. Whether it's the Bible, the Quran, whether those things are possible, so people fall back on rural traditions. So you have, for example, my grandmother, who 100% believed in curses. Uh, you know, long before I ever saw Ryan James Deal throw up the, uh, the, you know, international symbol for uh, for heavy metal. My mom, my grandmother was, you know, doing that all the time for people, and, and you know, Alexander's stopping shop, we don't like <laughs> deflecting the evil eye from people. And so what happens is people can take those leaps, and people can can believe in those things. So what you have is a lot of our belief systems, things like curses, things like uh, being able to communicate or talk with the dead, it's not our religion that's answering that question or that's kind of giving us our foundation. It's our family, and it's, our, it's, our, it's the royal traditions, of a lot of our families that kind of fill in those holes. And so it's, it's not surprising that those numbers would kind of kind of live together and kind of rise and fall at the same rate.
2: Well, I'm going to throw out some more. We, have a, do, we do have a caller on the line. And, again, 508 996 500 crew at 996 1420 Email SpookyCrew So, caller, we will get to you in one second. I just want to throw out these numbers for people to chew on a little bit. In this study, the Pew Forum study, Uh, They also uh, have the results of a September 1996 and a June 1990 survey conducted by Gallup. And then they did their own survey in August of 2009. And the percentage of people who felt that they were in touch with someone who had already died, in June of 1990, 17% of the people interviewed said yes. September of 1996, 18% of the people said yes. August of 2009, 29%. An increase, an increase of eleven percent, in in between 1996 and 2009, uh, the percentage of people who said no went from 82 to 81 to 69, and then the presence of people who said they've been in, uh, in the presence of a ghost or seen a ghost, uh, in June of 1990 it was nine percent, in September of 96 nine percent, and in August of 2009 eighteen percent. So these numbers are certainly going up, but I know that you said that the Baylor Institute study said that you know that might not not necessarily be the case but just every study that i see i just see that sharp increase not a gradual increase because there certainly isn't any gradual change from june of 90 to september of 1996 and we had the x files we had sightings we had the time life books we had plenty of paranormal media at the time too but now, between September of 96 and August of 2009, these numbers are exploding. I don't think a lot of that has to do with the, the television programs like Ghost Hunters, Paranormal State, and the uh, the idea of the Internet being able to spread this stuff as well.
4: And, and, you know, people being willing to see the people around them are embracing it, and so they're more willing to say, like, yeah, I did have an experience. You know, so many of the calls I get for people who are not looking for an investigation, but they're looking to tell me their story, the story happened... You know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, not yesterday. Uh, and so, you know, people are coming out, uh, kind of of the darkness with this. And I think that that's really the, the, the difference between the Baylor study and this study is that the Baylor study looked at, um, you know, are you open to the idea of ghosts? Uh, and then what is your religion? And this one kind of was much more of a, a laser looking at, you know, um, do you believe in this this very specific thing having to do with kind of what would be considered a fringe activity?
2: Sure. All right. Well, so although,
4: although, if you think about it, like eighteen percent of the population is still not a huge amount. That's you know basically one in five people. So it's not it's not an overwhelming idea. It's not an overwhelming uh, you know going from nine to eighteen is huge, but that still leaves what that that eighty two percent.
2: But if you're a te- if you're a television show and you can get 19% of the population to tune in, you know, you're considered a smashing success.
4: Which I believe 90% of the population is listening to us right now, so we're, we're right up where we should be. <laughs> All
2: right. Well, speaking of people who are listening to us right now, we have a caller on the line, and uh, I'm sure he has some thoughts to share. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Chris Balzano. How are you doing?
5: Good. How about yourself?
2: Oh, we're spectacular, as we say here.
5: Oh, that's excellent. Um, I just wanted to weigh in on tonight's conversation, if that's okay. Absolutely. Uh, my name's Father uh, Maximus McIntyre. I'm actually uh, a Russian Orthodox priest. Um, I've been listening to the show for about six months or so, um, and I find some of it, you know, obviously fascinating. Um, and actually, I'm a former carnal investigator. <laughs> so wow. I, I really find this, uh, you know, the, the work that you guys are continuing to do very fascinating. Um, before I took the name uh, for the priesthood, um, my name in the world was Brian McIntyre. I actually wrote uh, John Zavas's first book, Shadows of the Dark. Oh yeah, it's on uh, my shelf at home. Oh, okay, great. Book. So, yeah, um, so, so I had definitely some experiences uh, and did work as a paranormal investigator for a number of years, and then you know was led into, uh, I guess, the priesthood. Um, maybe in response to to my my investigation. Um, I think Chris is actually on to a lot of things in his, his conversation tonight. Um, you know, some I wouldn't agree with, but uh, he's on to something uh, I think what he's trying to really get at is the Western worldview, especially uh, Western Christianity, does fail to really answer the questions um, that many people have in regards to spirituality. Um, I think this is why that we see the blending of Christianity with, you know, New Age belief systems or people going to tarot readers or, um, you know, the explicit uh, interest in the paranormal because, you know, they're not feeding them uh, the spirituality that their their souls crave. Um, I think this is an epidemic we, we have certainly seen. And I guess what I'm trying to get at is that there are other, I guess, sources um, for people uh, to get out there and, and, and I guess find their, their spiritual uh, you know, spiritual fix, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, from my perspective, like I said, I, I was certainly involved with paranormal investigations for a number of years. I did some work for Ed and Lorraine Warren, and then obviously with John Zaffis, probably did a few hundred cases with him. Um, and what I found is, especially when we we're dealing with many of the, the popular Christian uh, religions out there, uh, they weren't able to deal with... Different questions that we pose to them in regards to the paranormal, and that's actually when I found
1: um,
5: Eastern Orthodoxy. Uh, to most people, you might hear of, you know, the Greek Orthodox Church, the Russian Orthodox Church, the Serbian, so forth. It's uh, one of the largest Christian denominations, and this type of talk of the paranormal, the spiritual realm, all this is very common in, in there. Um, of course, our, our worldview is going to differ. Uh, quite a bit from, you know, invoking spirits or, you know, we don't allow the use of Ouija boards and tarot cards and all that stuff. But um, things like this, you know, priests aren't apt to really shut the door on people's faces if they're looking for help or, or answers to their questions, because uh, these things have been addressed for the last 2,000 years in the Orthodox Church. Um, a lot of people don't want to hear maybe the answers that we have to some of these topics, um, but we certainly deal with this, I still, to this day, uh, deal with people who reach out who have questions on the paranormal, or they've had an experience, or they're having a, a spiritual struggle, and they feel you know something is manifesting in their house. Or, um, so these are things that are dealt with, uh, especially um, you know in our church. Well,
2: when you have a, a, a denomination that is open to discussing it, and you know, it's almost like they almost become. Uh, the enemy of, of the Catholic Church or of whoever is trying to hold you back from being able to discuss this, it, it's, it, you almost don't feel comfortable enough to be able, and, and this is what this study from the, uh, from the Pew Forum actually talks about, too, is how people don't feel comfortable to have their set of beliefs and to have you know, their own place of worship and then to go to another perspective and, and share any thoughts or concerns. It's almost like you become compartmentalized in whatever belief you're either born into or you're sworn into, and you're stuck with that. You can't open yourself up.
5: Exactly, and I think that's the whole spiritual journey when people uh, partake of it and they go on it and they're trying to find themselves. Um, for instance, for myself, I was born uh, Roman Catholic. Um, I delved into some areas of mysticism. I became involved in uh, you know, Anglicanism and things like this. And obviously, the paranormal investigations was a different perspective. And we worked with all types of belief systems and all types of people, um, with all different worldviews. And I just kind of had to step out of the box, so to speak, and look for, uh, what I felt was the truth. And that's kind of where I ended up, I believe now, um, in the Holy Orthodox Church, which has a legacy, um, and is very, very spiritual. Um, you know, I would, I would ask and challenge those. Um, who are listening, who are, are fed up with their, with their Christian denominations, to, to check it out, because it's, it's quite different. Um, and we also can boast the legacy of actually having historical continuity from Christ and the Apostles. So, you know, our bishops um, are successors to the very Apostles themselves. Um, so I think that's why it has such a different worldview, um, and it's used to dealing with such topics, because it's been around... You know, since since Christ himself, he founded the Orthodox Church. So these these questions that we have on the nature of the Spirit, um, where it goes afterwards, um, you know, is all is it can it communicate back to us? You know, those who have gone before us. You know, the nature of saints, the nature of miracles or healings. Um, you know, even dealing with uh, demonic entities, all this stuff is addressed. Um, we have saints and martyrs for the last 2,000 years who have written, you know, just uh, tremendous uh, instruction manuals, if you will, on all this. They've experienced spiritual struggles. Yes.
4: If I can ask you a question, um, this is Chris talking. Um, Just because, I I mean, I love to hear, thank you very much for calling tonight. I love to hear religion's perspective from practitioners, especially from experts, and what what exactly, um, how exactly does the, the Russian Orthodox, um, what does it give for an explanation for, uh, for paranormal things that happen? Does it, um, you know, what, and then how might that differ from a, another uh, religion? So, for example, like, you know, what is, to them, what is a ghost? Why is there a ghost? Why is this uh, ghost not in heaven or hell or, or someplace else? How, why is it uh, trapped or, or why is it still here on Earth? I would love to, to know that from, a, from your religion's perspective. Okay,
5: well, it's, it's definitely a, a difficult question to answer. But one of the perspectives we have, um, dating obviously to the to the earliest centuries, is one of the one of the problems with with Western theology is they assume that when a soul passes on from this life, when it leaves the body, it goes to either heaven, hell, or purgatory. Now, in the in the true Christian uh, ethos, uh, right now. The judgment has not taken place. Therefore, the fullness of heaven uh, or hell does not even exist. So, therefore, we have what's called the abode of the dead, which is hates, much like the early, uh, you know, the early Jewish faith um, pre-Christ would have expressed. So, it is possible. Um, certainly, for you know, we have to be very careful because we don't know what's communicating with us. It could be oh, in right. our head. It could be demonic, it could be whatever. we got to be very careful, but uh, if there is truly the abode of the dead and heaven and hell in their fullness do not exist yet, then of course, you know, maybe there is a possibility uh, for some reason because, you know, we believe certainly saints reach out to help us, uh, that they intercede for us. We believe that there are heavenly hosts, there are the angels, that certainly intercede for us or, um, you know, take our prayers up to, to the Holy One and all those things um So we would say that you know it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, this realm um, does not communicate with us sometimes. but like I said there's a there's quite a warning there because we're all rational human beings and we might not be able to discern what is communicating with us and that's where the danger lies and that's why there could be um, you know some real ramifications for communicating with whatever is reaching out to you. So we would say firsthand, you know don't communicate with it um, you know, if even if you experience something in prayer, um, you know, always to, to look to look on it with a weary eye because you don't want to be puffed up with pride and have your, your spiritual nature damaged because of something, you know, you know some, some religions, they call it demonic. I've heard on your show here, you know, uh, parasitic or dark energies, different terms used for it. But we feel that those things are real and they are damaging uh, to one's soul. Now in that
4: kind of system is spirit communication from the spirit side is it does it take the form of some kind of penance um are they communicating because they're trying to set something right i ask this because um for example like when i was writing um uh, picture yourself uh, ghost hunting i found that most paranormal investigators couldn't separate the definition of a ghost from the purpose of the ghost so in other words they said it was a person who has passed on who is looking to set things straight or who is trapped on earth because there's something that they need to do or something like that. Is this in your religion. It seems like what you're saying is they take a very similar form of that. Like, in other words, their communication is some form of, of, of penance or at least something they need to do in purgatory to, to uh,
5: tilt the scales of the judgment? Not really, because uh, we wouldn't actually believe in purgatory. Um, that would definitely be a Roman Catholic uh, dogma. Um, so it's not something we don't believe that... They're suffering and, and going through a penance, um, but we do believe they're in an intermediate state, which has a foretaste of what's coming. But their their eternal state has not yet been decided, and that's why we have certainly and uh, promote prayers for the dead, prayers for your family, um, things like that, because you know the state of one soul is not quite um, you know, decided yet, so to speak. But we don't believe in like the purgatorial fire or you know, where our loved ones maybe are suffering as a form of atonement before the Second Judgment. But it doesn't mean that they don't have a foretaste, um, because, you know, we certainly believe in free will. You know, God does not you know, force anybody to do anything. So if they were probably, you know, an angry, bitter person in life, um, they did not believe in a God, they were maybe hateful towards others, then they're going to experience some of these things as a foretaste of what is to come. But it's not to right. say that there isn't a room for, for possible repentance or for our prayers here uh, through the various services to affect them.
4: So it's more, of, uh, it's more of the living's role to help those that might be in that decision area as opposed to the Spirit itself.
5: Exactly. That's, I'd say, more of the, what we would take. Now, this is my own personal opinion um, from now being a priest and being involved in paranormal investigations in the past. Um, one of the things I truly believe um, is that most of the investigations that we worked on, they were so-called human spirit, and this is before I really took you know, the, the, the so-called religious view. I believe that you know, they would reach forth and you might get some EPPs or some information or the people experience certain things, but as the case went on, whether it's weeks or months, to me what I experienced and what the families experienced often turned into something negative. So I feel that most of the so-called spirits that were reaching out to the, the clients, if you will, um, couldn't be trusted. I I don't want to say necessarily that they were all demonic or whatever, but um, I really felt that there was some real implications there. The more you fed uh, into what the spirit was trying to do, the more dangerous it became. And that's not sometimes
4: say, that's things, just trying to cure their own loneliness, um, um, and, and to like you know keep keep doing the kind of things that great you know anti-Ouija board campaign, you know, how many times are you on there? And they just keep giving these little bits of information. All of a sudden, three hours have gone by and you realize that, you know, someone who may be very lonely or maybe even somehow being able to need your energy has just gotten it for that amount of time.
5: Of course. No no doubt about it. Right. All
2: right, well, you know, Father, we'd love to have you come on for an entire show sometime if you'd be willing to do so.
5: Oh, I'd love to. That would be an honor. Like I said, uh, I'm a fairly new listener maybe the last six months, but you know, it's kind of, uh, I like to see still what's going on out there in the field um, where I'm not technically involved with any type of uh, research or investigations. Um, you know, I, I've, I guess I've retired from that, so to speak. Um, it, it can be frowned upon, and plus, like I said, I, th- I really feel there's some real danger to it, and um, I certainly will be praying for you guys and hope that you'll find some of the scientific answers you're looking for and also that uh, you will not be adversely affected by any of the, the work that you're doing. Well, thank you very much for that,
2: and I—I uh, I think we met when uh, when John came down and spoke uh, at Cape Cod Community College for uh, the Capers Night.
5: Actually, oh yes, and then we went—was um, like Applebee's or something afterwards. Yeah, I
2: don't think we got invited
5: to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, <don't>, we... <laughs> I'm sure
2: we did. No, I'm sure we did.
5: Uh, but... Actually, that, that's true because I—that I, was probably two or three years ago. I went down um, to one of the events there to see John lecture and. Um, Met a lot of a lot of neat people there. Met uh, Derek Bartlett, and um, it was a, a lot of investigators and stuff. Since I was out of the field at that time, that I had not yet met, and um, was very intrigued by some of their stories and the work they were involved with.
2: Well, we like I said, we would certainly love to have you on. Just uh, shoot me an email, and we'll set something up.
5: All right, sounds great. Thanks, guys.
2: All right, thank you very much. Bye. And uh, I mean, like you said, Chris, it is fascinating when you get the chance to talk to a. a practitioner a leader of a, of a certain belief system and to have them give you their perspective and it's even more refreshing when they can give it to you and actually have the facts behind it instead of unfortunately with a lot of people they ask their uh, spiritual leaders about these questions and they they have to consult somebody else to find out what answer to give you
4: right and I think that you know one of the big things and here's you know where the Pew study goes uh, it really kind of addresses and what he was saying is We're not talking necessarily about people who have a paranormal experience and who are looking to understand it. Oftentimes, these questions are looking at people who are missing something spiritually and looking to fill in the gaps. Um, So, for example, like that Pew study, which is great because it has all these... Please, if you guys have put the link up on your website, if not, then you guys can just kind of Google search and you'll find it. It's... um, They do a great job of presenting the evidence visually and and their results visually. And one of them is this great Venn diagram. You know, I'm I'm a high school teacher, and so I'm taught to even do, you know, uh, uh, reading studies, do Venn diagrams, because people can understand it. You look at it and you see just how many people are uh, double and triple dipping their belief systems to kind of fill in those gaps, to kind of come come away with a complete picture spiritually. Um, And what happens is, just like you were saying, people... Go to consult, and they can't get the complete picture. They can't get everything they're looking for in their religion. They still like the religion because of what it says overall. So they're not willing to, you know, all of a sudden just switch their religion. But you know, they start consulting, you know, um, um, mediums, or they start, you know, talking to a paranormal investigator to fill in that gap, not to replace their uh, what they believe, but rather to supplement it.
2: Well. Let's scrap the week in weird here, because uh there's a really interesting graph, a really interesting chart here within this uh, Pew Forum study. And I want to throw this out there. Matt Costa, you've been kinda of quiet over there, so you're gonna play yeah. this. We're gonna run this like a almost like a game show, okay? Uh here's how we're gonna do this. They've they've got this immense breakdown of, of different demographics of people and what their percentage of experiences are. So we're going to throw this out there really quick, okay? Well, let, Let's stick with uh, uh, the two topics of in touch with the dead or ghosts, okay? Um, let's, who do you think has more uh, experiences uh, both in touch with the dead or with either seeing or feeling or being in the presence of a ghost? Uh, is it women or men? Matt Costa.
1: Bird notice. Huh. No.
2: W- women or men? Who men. has men? Chris, your answer. Women. And women is the correct answer. Of course, Chris has already read this study, too. So, But I'm, I'm just a, I'm counting on the idea that he didn't memorize it.
4: Okay. I didn't memorize it. I'm just I'm just going by my own kind of, you know, work out there.
2: we have whites, we have blacks, we have Hispanics. Out of those three groups, which one? And the numbers are consistent. So in touch with the dead and seeing or being in the presence of a ghost, which one of those groups has had more? Don't cheat and look at the answers. Which one of those groups... <laughs> reports having a higher percentage of experiences with the dead uh blacks whites or hispanics matt costa
1: i'd say hispanics
2: chris balzano
4: i want to lead towards hispanics too
2: surprising hispanics number two blacks number one because forty forty one percent of the black uh population that they interviewed uh was in touch with the dead, twenty percent had an experience with a ghost compared with thirty and twenty for the Hispanics and twenty nine and seventeen for whites. Now, Chris, I don't want to get off on too much of a side rant here, but we've discussed this in the past. When it comes to the idea of paranormal investigation, it's a mainly all white field. There's mm-hmm. very few blacks or Hispanics that are out there investigating the paranormal, yet they seem to have a higher belief and a higher report of experience with this.
4: Yeah, I mean it, it's it's um if you take the I mean you can take a sociological aspect of it, you take a religious aspect of it. Remember I was talking about those um you know, uh uh loosely fit if you take your your average Caucasian, um, you know, they may very well be and, and I guess Italians are thrown in there, um because Italians would be like a hundred percent if you actually did it.
1: Um <laughs> uh, but they won't admit it.
4: Um would, would, you know, it, it can very well be like a loosely fit, uh, or a loosely organized, and by loosely organized, I mean there's not like a, you know, multi-billion dollar corporation behind your religion. Um, many more fall into that. So there's not a, a huge population of um, Catholics who are African-American, say, for example, but there's a lot of large Baptist population is, and those Baptist churches are much loosely, much more loosely fitting. And so, you know, there's once again, if you look at the Baylor study, that says that might contribute to that. But the other the other part of that is is that, which is, once again, I, this is not part of their study, but in my conversations with them, they talked about, you know, the economic climate and indecision and stuff like that. And, you know, we hate to, to put those socioeconomic things out there, but it's, you know, people who are uh, oppressed, people who are um, financially and spiritually uh, oppressed, Tend to look for other things to tell them that things are going to be okay. So they're more so if you're poor, you're more likely to go to a um, to a fortune teller to see if your fortunes are going to change. In the same way, you know, if you're if you're economically oppressed and if you're spiritually oppressed and if and if the world seems like it's against you, you're more likely to turn and communicate with people who are going to tell you that there's a bright side of things.
2: And interestingly enough, they also have the. Uh... They also have the breakdown of of who would deal with fortune tellers too, and actually in that category, blacks are the least likely to deal with fortune tellers. So, uh, yeah, it it you know compared with those factors as you mentioned, it just seems interesting that they would they would be the least likely to consult a fortune teller. This one kind of surprised me too. We're going to talk about age groups now. Which age group uh, is more likely to report having been in touch with the dead or having seen or felt a ghost? Eighteen to twenty nine. 30 to 49, 50 to 64, or 65 plus. Matt Costa, what do you think? Um, 18 to
3: 29, 30
2: to 49, 50 to 64, 65 plus.
4: I'd say 30 to 49. 30 to 49, Chris, your answer? I want to say 34 to but I feel you're going to throw me for a loop, so I'm going to see
2: the next age group. 50 to 64? Yeah. You hit that on the head. 32% have been in touch with the dead 21 percent have been in the presence of a ghost uh but the numbers are pretty close 27 and 13 for 65 plus 31 18 for 30 to 49 and 28 to 20 for 18 to 29 so the numbers are so tight there that it seems to really not be that much of a a breakdown um but uh it really is interesting it gets down into the uh different uh, threads of the protestant religion uh, to different threads of the uh, Christian religion to see, you know, which which percentages uh, would would be the highest. Black Protestant uh, seems to be the highest, followed by the uh, Catholics. So it's you know that's kind of interesting too. Also, they have a broken down Republican, Independent, or Democrat. Uh, who do you think, uh, from a religious persp- uh political perspective, who do you think has the most experiences? Matt Costa with, with
3: the dead. Republican and a Democrat
2: or or independent.
3: Or. Um I'm not doing very good. Maybe I should just go with what Chris <laughs> says. <laughs> well Chris what do Can you, you think?
0: get some spooky south coast bumper stickers if I win
2: though. <laughs> oh, we'll send you. Out. We'll send you a whole envelope. pool. Right. What, what do you think? Republican, independent, Democrat, Chris, which one?
4: Green party. <laughs> <laughs> um I'm going to I'm going to say uh I'm going to say independent.
2: It's actually it's the Democrats. 36% have been in touch with the dead and 21% of them had ghostly experiences. Uh, That's 21% is a similar amount with the independents, but the independents only have 29% have been in touch with the dead. Uh, And kind of along the same lines, too, with the conservatives, the moderate, or the liberals. The liberals have a higher percentage there. This next category, the last category we'll talk about, is surprising to me because there was recently a study, and I don't remember if it was a Gallup poll or uh, if it was a university study, but one of them mentioned how it seems like people who were college-educated seem to have more of a belief in the paranormal, Seem to have more of a belief that it could exist and that it could be investigated and proved. According to this Pew Forum's uh, information, and we won't play a guessing game with this one, I'll just give you the straight numbers, uh, when it comes to being in touch with the dead, 24% of college grads, 30% of people who've had some college 32% of high school or less. And wow. when it comes to being in touch with ghosts and seeing a ghost and, and experiencing a ghost, 13% for college grads, 18% for college, some college, and 21% for high school or less. So it seems to be the opposite of that information that we had only a year or two ago, where it seems like the less educated are the more believing at this point.
1: Yeah, and
4: I remember that study. You, I remember covering it for Ghost Village. And, uh, and what it basically had boiled down to in their study, their, or their, their backing of that was that in college you're exposed to more things and therefore, you know, uh, you know, you might have, you might know someone who was into mysticism or you might know someone who is, who is, uh, who is not your religion, who so had a different belief system and so you were more likely to believe, not because you were smarter or anything like that, but more that you were just exposed to more. So that yeah, that that spits right in the face of that report which was, was less than a year old.
2: And which we were actually using as a rallying cry to help support the idea of paranormal investigation to get it accepted as as a science.
4: And I was looking at it as an acceptance to college, to get people to go to college.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, that too. <laughs> and also to get some of those colleges to give us some grant money and research money to actually go out and do this stuff. Yeah, right, I
4: but, mean that's that's that, that's uh that's probably of the numbers you've given, which the, the specifics are very, um, are very eye-catching, that's probably one of the, one of the oddest ones because that does, you know, but you, know, you gotta keep in mind when you do studies like this, okay, so they interviewed 2,000 people, uh, you know, of a, of a country that is, and, and half of them were, were Christian, of a country that is, what, what are we at? 300 million? 400 million? Um, and so it's really hard, I think, to, to, uh, to get really strong trends, especially when you're you're cross referencing, and this is why I, why I, I, I encourage people to read my article about the Baylor study, not the actual Baylor study. A lot of which has to do with um, their race, research techniques and their um, their specializing of the questions and that whole process is that you know in terms of in terms of uh, research and looking at the Gallup poll versus what they're getting. Uh, how were the questions designed? Did they ask the same exact questions? Things like that. So. Those numbers um, might seem like there's a huge leap, and that there's a discrepancy between them. But a lot of that might have to do with the fact that the questions were phrased differently, um, or the or the information was presented to the listener to the to the to the questionee differently. So it's it's a uh, you know this stuff this stuff is is not as uh, as uh, uh, spiritual as it may seem to be. It's, it's so it's so academic, and it's such a science just polling people. So. Um, I'd be interested to see if the questions were phrased the exact same way when when you saw those increases.
2: Well, I guess, I mean, going forward, this is going to become more of an issue, uh, I think, for those who are within the field. Uh, And I think it will also become more of an issue for those who are within these different religions and who are going to be bombarded with these questions, and there needs to be some sort of plan to be able to integrate these beliefs and the discussion of these beliefs, and ter- I mean, I'm just waiting for the day where I drive by my local Catholic church, and the sign out there for Sunday's sermon says, you know, uh, Peter, Paul, Mary, Joseph, Jason, and Grant. <laughs> right. Not, not, yeah, not, I mean, not Peter, Paul, and Mary, though. That's.
4: I was going to say, uh, I, think you, uh, <laughs> I, think, I think you're think you mixing things up there. But, yeah. you know, whether it's Ghost Hunters or Pop the Magic Dragon, it doesn't really matter. Right. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think there'll ever be a full embrace um, by a strongly structured religion of the paranormal. I think that the way you'll have is kind of a, well, you know, we also say we don't believe in gambling, but, you know, we want you to come to our bingo night. Like, there's yeah. certain things you have to ebb and tides, and, and you know, you fight your battles. If we're going to be strong on this thing, but, okay, we'll allow this thing. Um, but I don't think you're going to have too much, I would love to see the new pope address it because it, it is a trend, and so you know it's one of those things where it's the uh, it's the elephant in the room that a lot of religions are not willing to talk about.
2: Well, you say you'd like to see the new pope address it, but I think what would really help the situation is if the old pope would address it. <laughs> right. That'll really get right, yeah. the ball moving.
4: You know, I've I've uh I recently got some of the and of course you know, not having them in front of me and being able to pronounce the Latin or what have you. I recently got the uh, some of the old Witch hunter manuals uh, from from the Middle Ages, kind of moving oh, the, forward.
2: The Malia Maleficarum.
4: Yes, there you go. Thank you very much. And uh, and it's actually a really interesting study, not of of uh, not of what you act, how you should actually confront evil in this world, but just how people thought of things and and how you know the going outside of what the religion believed. It was so meticulous uh, in their in their terms of in terms of. Here's what you can believe in. Here's what's stepping outside of it, and here's how to deal with it. That it really didn't create, you know, centuries of paranoia and centuries of of, uh, of suppressing something that you believed or something that you thought or something you experienced, not being able to put it through the right filter because, you know, what they what they would deem, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, a heretic is is pretty it's pretty wide compared to you know what they would accept uh, you thinking so. It's, uh, I would always suggest someone go out and get those. It's, it's really interesting writing.
2: And they're, they're still in print. You can get them on Amazon. And I think everybody who delves into the paranormal should have a copy of it on their shelf because at the very least it shows you how, how you can be wrong about so many things, too.
4: Right, right. And, and it's just, you know, and how they – which is one of the things we weren't able to get into, which is the third perspective, which is the, um, you know, which, which the, the, the father who called was kind of touching upon – is uh, the leap between, or the jump between, belief in the paranormal, now I'm not, you know, or investigating, and falling into some of the darker elements, not even necessarily possession, but just, you know, it, the negative side of these reports is, if you're more willing to uh, believe in ghosts, there are a lot of religions, and these are other people we want on the show tonight we weren't able to get. Um, they, these people believe that there's, you know, just a hop, skip, and a jump between that and starting to sacrifice children to Satan, which we kind of joked about, you know, when I gave my story. But it's a genuine belief out there that, you know, allowing yourself to believe in these kinds of things will open the door for you to uh, start looking into other things. Not saying that demons will possess you, but rather that, you know, being too open-minded, curiosity will kill the cat, and you know you'll start getting into some really, really dark things very, very quickly.
2: All right, well, we'll definitely. And we'll definitely
4: focus on that a lot,
2: so. We'll definitely cover that on a future show. Uh, and and right now, let's just take a quick break. When we come back, we'll keep Chris on the line, but we're going to talk to Matt Moniz, who's down there in Rhode Island at the Believe It Tour event down there tonight. And uh, then we'll wrap things up. So stay tuned. We'll be right back in about 30 seconds for a minute here on Spooky South Coast. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa. Science advisor, Matt Moniz, is joining us on the line. And we'll keep Chris on the line as well. Hey, Matt, what's up? What's going on down there? Hello. Hey, how's it going? Uh,
3: It's going, hanging out down here in Rhode
2: Island. You are at the Believe It Tours uh, Valentine's Day event. Yep. And uh, what what kind of activity has been going on down there tonight?
3: Uh, It's just a Valentine's Day party. Uh, We're just uh, hanging out. Uh, It's a pretty neat location. Um, It's a barn that was actually built in the 1700s. It's a a fairly large location. The whole property is about five acres. There's been a report of a ghost named Charlie, who is a former cook, that uh, resides in the barn area here, and uh, Joseph, who... Resides in the home, the owner uh, Kim has uh, had encounters with both spirits uh, throughout the past five years since she's owned the place. They're slowly restoring it and making it a uh, a large, uh, you know, uh, restaurant and tavern as well as an inn. There's rooms for rent here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name of the place is called the Windswept Inn. It's a pretty neat place.
2: So uh, I'm assuming that you're going to try to get. A few minutes of investigation, and then if there's all that activity being reported,
3: I'm going to try and get in a little bit. Uh, the party uh, ends at about two o'clock. I've got some stuff to do in the morning, but uh, definitely some interesting vibes in the place.
2: But aside from that, you also want to make sure you get in plenty of spin the bottle and seven minutes in heaven too, right?
3: Sure, sure.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what well, would be Valentine's Day without that?
3: Yeah. In the hatchet, you know, that kind of thing.
2: <laughs> well, you know, we've been talking with Chris tonight, and the uh, the topic was religion and the paranormal, and I, I never really have ever gotten your thoughts on the idea of, of the two, whether or not they need to be mutually exclusive, or how they can work together, or do they conflict? The,
3: the spiritual and the paranormal. Uh, in some cases, I think there's no difference. You know, spirituality and, and religions are just... Various forms of the paranormal, in my opinion.
2: So really, there's, uh, like we said, we had said earlier in the show that sometimes that line does get blurred. Where, you know, the Catholic religion, for example, will tell you to believe in angels and believe in, you know, the prophecy and all this stuff. But then at the same time, they're telling you, well, no, wait, don't go see a fortune teller, and uh, you know, don't talk to ghosts.
3: Well, you got to bear in mind there are various parts of all of these religious tenets that. Um, The main belief is on things that are supernatural or beyond the spiritual or paranormal. The rest is just man-made dogma that put rules around it.
2: Well, I'm pretty sure you can't get any more supernatural than somebody being resurrected after death.
3: Well, well, with the risk of getting uh, certain people angry, that's not the first religion that's had that, but we'll not get it.
2: No, no, not at all. There's... uh... And if if you do if you do the reading, which we encourage everybody to do, you're going to find out that uh, the ideas of some of these religions are built on are kind of long, long, long-told stories. Yeah. That uh, existed long before the people that we know them to be about.
3: Right.
2: Well, all right, Matt. Thanks for checking in. And uh, so you're saying you're going to party until two?
3: Yeah. Well, that's how late this thing is scheduled to go. Yes.
2: So there's still time for people to get down there and, and join in the fun.
3: Yeah, it's a very neat place.
2: The wind swept in. You said it's called. What town is it in? Uh,
3: it's in Charlestown, Rhode Island.
2: So, what are you waiting for, people? Show's over. Get in your cars. Drive down there. Hang out with Matt Moniz and the folks from the Believer Tour.
3: That's it, brother.
2: All right, Matt. We'll see you back here next week, if not sooner. And uh, we'll talk to you then.
3: Peace. Uh, have a good night. Yep. Bye.
2: And Chris, thank you for hanging out with us and for bringing this topic uh, to us with Spooky South Coast. You know, it's it's always a good idea, in my opinion. To to say, when Chris Balzano has an idea for a show, all right, well, we're just going to go with it. And a little bit of an inside, inside perspective, Chris, when you came to me and started talking to me about doing this, I, I basically just said, okay, whatever you want to do.
4: All <laughs> right. And unfortunately, we weren't able to get everyone we wanted to, but I think we had a pretty interesting discussion of ourselves. So.
2: You, know, you know what, though? We've laid some groundwork where if we are able to get them in the future, you know, we've already covered some of the basic stuff of the discussion. We can get into a lot of the meat and potatoes of it, too.
4: Yeah, and I think, you know, I mean, it's it's, it's always important to forward the conversation and kind of just make keep in mind that investigating is about a lot of different things, not just going out and and trying to gather evidence. So anytime I can do that, and anytime I can spend a a, a lonely Saturday night with you guys, instead of going out there and being romantic, I'm all for
2: it. Well, that's the problem now, is that we're about a minute and a half away from Valentine's Day, so now we've all got to go out and find a 24-hour Walgreens to buy our significant others a Valentine's Day present.
4: Yeah, the odd thing is, with kids, because I had to get them a Valentine's present, the wife slid right in line, so I I uh, I am done for tomorrow.
2: Well, I, I think my wife's going to be uh, opening a, a nice package of spooky South Coast bumper stickers,
4: <laughs> and uh, spooky South Coast pens, which my son uses frequently.
2: <laughs> All we need now is the little candy hearts that say uh, "boo" and uh, you know dot com spooky south coast. Well, they center.
4: would they would say you know you're spooktacular.
2: I don't uh, if that would fit on a candy heart. I say they should go for it, but you know we want residuals. All right, I'm per- with you. Chris, thank you so much for for talking to us as always, and I'm sure that uh, you know in the in the coming weeks we'll be talking to you. But just keep in mind that uh, as lonely as you may be on a Saturday night, we're even lonelier without you here with us.
4: I'm with you guys. Have a great night, right. and uh, thanks for allowing me to jab uh, jabber on for a bit.
2: All right, take it easy. All
4: right,
1: bye bye.
2: Chris Balzano, you know him from the Massachusetts Paranormal Crossroads originally but now he is just all over the place when it comes to the paranormal we'll be back here next saturday night to talk to you more about the topic until then we want you all to stay spooktacular